to some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters. Hi, I'm Shah. I'm Ollie. And we are Creeping It in the Family, a podcast where we dish details about all things horror. <laughs> Episode 35. And we're still alive. We are. I have not got a clue what, obviously, it's Charlotte's spin-off this week, and I'm none the wiser as to what we're actually doing. It's been kept a surprise. I know, I mean, I am, I did mention it in the last, not the last episode, because that was Scream 2, but the episode before that, but I think I changed it slightly, so actually, yeah, it's still a surprise to everyone. Come I have on, a habit of doing that. Come on then, the grand reveal. Okay, so the case I'm going to talk about today is true crime, and it is the murder of Linda Anderson. Heard of her? No. No? I probably, if, you, if you get through the case, it's massively famous, I, I might have heard of it, but I don't um, know the name. But you know, I am, you know how bad I am with names, whether it's actors it's or... It's not... It's not massive. Oh, long, it's the Conjuring it? House. Is that no, no? I'm well off here. Yeah, you are well off. Did you mention you was going to do the Conjuring House or something about it? I I'm said sure I was going to do it at some point. Oh right, well that's where my that's confusion the parent lied. family. But... Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we're supposed to know her as, Linda Anderson. In actual fact, the victim's name was Anne Margaret Levenstein Carabin. Her murderers are known as Sandra and Elizabeth Anderson. However, their real names are Carolyn. Carabin and Catherine Carabin. Why do all these names need false aliases is something that you might be asking. And you might be suspicious about why the false surnames and real surnames of the victim and perpetrators are the same. But there's a reason for that. The victim of this disturbing murder was done at the hands of her two daughters. And the Canadian courts banned the names from being used in Canadian articles because they were so young when they killed her. Bloody hell. I thought I'd give a little bit of backstory to the victim first, as it's really important to understand motives and reason. So, even if they're disgustingly wrong in what they did, there was still some sort of animosity there between the two daughters. So, Anne-Margaret Levenstein was born in Poland on April the 5th, 1959, and she uh, emigrated to Mississauga, Ontario, Canada, where she met a man and they soon got married. And because this case was so importantly kept anonymous, he's only known as Mr. Carabin. Or Carubin. I don't really know. Either of the two. But same pro- same principle. Potato, potato. Yeah. Anne Margaret gave birth to Carolyn in 1987 and her youngest daughter Catherine was born the following year. Following a divorce a few years later, Anne gave birth to another child called Robert who was Carolyn and Catherine's half-brother. Mr Carabin was rather estranged from his daughters and Anne, and didn't have a lot to do with their lives and nothing to do with Robert's because he wasn't even biologically related to him at all. Anne found herself single, alone, and trying to raise her family with barely any income. She struggled so much that she had to work two jobs just to be able to provide the little that they had. And she, when she was murdered, she had two jobs. Being a single mum of three, constantly working, and with complete financial struggle, Anne soon began suffering from depression and unfortunately turned to alcohol as a comfort and to self-medicate herself. Both Carolyn and Catherine repeatedly reached out to their family, to their father and even Anne's friends about their concerns with Anne's alcohol intake. They saw that she was really struggling to cope. However, nobody did anything to help them and they found themselves exceptionally isolated. Catherine and Carolyn had many arguments and fights with their mother about her drinking and that pushed them away even more from Anne. With her drinking, lack of money and lack of care from anyone they tried to reach out to, 
their family situation only deteriorated. Eventually, the girls dropped out of school and spent the day smoking pot. It's well known that both Carolyn and Catherine were exceptionally gifted students, and so this made things much more tragic. It's the fact, you know, they even spoke five different languages. They, they were clever. Yeah. The girls were aged 16, which was Carolyn, she's the oldest daughter, and 15, Catherine. And that when, was classed as exceptionally young. Yeah, in consideration of what they did. I know, but I just feel like that's old, especially this, the one who's 16. Like, they're old enough to be held accountable, I should say. Well, that's one of my questions, so we'll right. come to that in okay. a bit. So, the girls were aged 16 and 15 when they crossed the point of no return. Thoroughly exhausted with their mother's drinking habit and not having the money to buy expensive and lavish items like their friends, they decided to take matters into their own hands. They began scouring the internet, searching for answers on how to get rid of their mother. They even told their friends what they were planning on doing and they helped for months to plan the murder of Anne Margaret. Their friends never told the police or told their parents. How Carolyn and Catherine saw it, if their mother died, they would get $68,000 each through life insurance, which, I mean, it's a nice amount of money, but... Yeah, I know, I know Is saying. it worth... But I suppose when you're on the bones of your asses, they, they, That's, yeah. it sounds like a lot more money to them, do you know what I mean? They'd even gone as far on planning as how they were going to spend their money, which included taking the friends on a big European vacation, buying a marijuana farm and a nice house too. I don't think Sixty-eight grand goes far nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> the police and detectives noted that this case was particularly frightening because it was so well planned for a teenage killing, and so a plan was formed. They decided to drown their mother because it would be, quote, fast and unspectacular, and they didn't want to draw any unnecessary attention to the case. So on January the 18th, 2003, the girls made an alcoholic drink mixed with Tylenol, which is sort of like our codeine, in order to slow the heartbeat of their mother and make her feel sedated so she wouldn't fight back. Whilst waiting for the drug and alcohol cocktail to start working, the teens actually went online to update their friends on the murder plans. One friend even ended the conversation with good luck, wear gloves. Mad. Crazy. Fucking mad what teenagers get up to nowadays. <laughs> they planned to meet their friends afterwards in order to establish an alibi and evade any suspicion. So with their mother finally sedated, they prepared a warm bath. They helped her in, gave her a massage and got her settled before the eldest daughter, Carolyn, forced her head under the water, making sure to take their friend's advice and use an open palm as to not leave bruising. She held her there until she was dead. They um, even bragged about the murder to their friends at the restaurant, telling them it wasn't bad as bad as they thought it would be. And when they got home, the sisters called 911 and hysterically told the operator that they had found their mother in the bathtub. The operator told them to take their mother out of the bathtub, but the girls cried that she couldn't be resuscitated. When the police arrived, the cause of death was determined to be drowning, and they believed the sister's story. The police and the courts acknowledged that Carolyn and Catherine would have gotten away with murder if it hadn't been for Carolyn opening her mouth. Not only did she brag to her friends, but she would brag to anyone at the many parties they went to that she had killed her mother. Eventually, a young male went to the police and told them that Carolyn had confessed to him at a party that she and her sister had killed their mother. The police then wired up a car and used him to gain a confession from Carolyn and Catherine, and each of them described what they did to their mother before they were arrested, tried and sentenced to 10 years in prison each. Because of their age bracket, Carolyn and Catherine were both separated by their age groups and could have no communication with each other whilst they were in jail. 
So that was the that I, I would sort of argue that that was the worst punishment for him because they've been dragged up together like that, mm. and then they couldn't speak to each yeah, other. But for anymore. only ten years. Wait. They actually both gained parole after four years and had their whole lives ahead of them. Carolyn was released to a halfway house in 2009 and Catherine was released only a year later. The girl's father unsuccessfully tried to have Catherine released earlier so she could complete her sentence under house arrest, but it didn't happen. Canadian law will protect their identities forever. The girls have new names and new lives. Carolyn was accepted to the University of Waterloo with a $2,000 scholarship. Catherine moved to Ottawa with the intention of applying to university. They could be your neighbours or be in your college class and you would never know. That is fucking crazy. And if you want to watch a film that portrays like what happened, I recommend Perfect Sisters. It's absolutely shy, but it's, it's alright. The acting's shit, but the film, the story's good, obviously. And that's the story of the Bathtub Sisters. That is fucking mental. How can you only issue ten years? And they got out after four. And have been... Ex- it... They've been given brand new lives. That is backwards. And it's like they're protected. Yeah, they are. They'll, and they never have to... They never have to reveal who they are. Like, they, they can go into any job and not be like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know I had a murder charge. Like to me? And this is... Obviously, I, I don't really know about this this much depth into governments and and countries. But it sounds like Canada's almost, like, embarrassed as, as to what happened. Oh, definitely. And, and want to, like, pretend it never happened. Nothing bad ever happens in Canada. So yeah, exactly. That... The Soviets used to be renowned for that, like, having nuclear... Well, I suppose it is nuclear in a way. Like they had a big Russian submarine called the the Kursk, I think that's how it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. That basically had a it had a big explosion on board. It was a nuclear submarine and it was put it sent out on a training drill to demonstrate how good they are like, like how good their weaponry is and how fierce their military is. And there was an explosion on board due to I think it was due to poorly maintained um what are they called? Going hit ships, not missiles. There's specific oh, names for them. Um, Torpedoes. Yeah. Um, the torpedo fell and it basically blew up. And at first, the, the, the people, uh, obviously the submarine sunk to the seabed. And I think they knew there was survivors, or they knew there definitely could be survivors. But because they was so embarrassed to ask for help to admit what's happened, they, they tried to sort it themselves and the people eventually died. Whereas if they'd have asked earlier and just... Just because at first I thought Americans had shot the submarine down. Yeah. They was blaming everyone else pretty much. And then because the, the Yeah, because they was too embarrassed to ask to ask for help off someone else. I think I think the equipment they needed was actually being used to dig up wreckage from the Titanic. Yeah. And if they'd have been if they'd have asked and got that equipment earlier, they could have saved the lives of the of the survivors. So it's like it's not unheard of for countries to to try and hide stuff and are embarrassed by stuff that's happened. This, at first, when you started going on about the story, I thought it was going to be one of them, um, like, can people be born evil? But I, that, to me, sounds like they've they've been given, I say given, they may have worked for it, this, like, a lot of knowledge, like, a lot of brain power, and they've, instead of using it for good, they've used it, they've for, used it for evil. But in the end, what's caught up with them is probably teenage arrogance and bragging. Because yeah. from what it sounds like, it does sound like the perfect crime. It was. They, if the police acknowledged that if they hadn't have bragged, they hadn't yeah. have bragged about it, it had gone down. And that's as, where the teenage arrogance comes in. Yeah, 
And can you imagine, you know, if they'd have gotten away with it, what they'd have done? Well, this, this, is, why I can't believe, this, this is why I can't believe they've been released and are, are completely protected. Like, saying that it could be a neighbour, it could be this. They've obviously got the, the intelligence to be able to pull off a crime. I think to a certain extent, it was sort of like, oh, yeah, but they lived a difficult life. The mother was... It was sort of like, in a way, they were sympathised for, but... The judge did but say it, that it was insensate cruelty, and it's the fact that it's so premeditated. Oh god, yeah. That that to me, like, a, well, I don't know. Maybe if the mum would have been, this is obviously completely theoretical. The mum would have been hitting him, and then one of them lashed out and stabbed her or something. Then, then fair enough. Or, or if it was just like overnight, they sat in the rooms and decided we're going to kill her tonight. We can't kill it then. But the fact that it's premeditated and they've been bragging to their friends about how they're going to do it, yeah. then about how well it's done, I'm like, oh, it wasn't even that bad. Like, that's cold-blooded. And I believe that one of the friends also went to jail for assisting. Like, they did, they weren't there when they did it. Guilty but by they were guilty by association. And also, when the police recovered their laptop files, like the keywords that they were putting in, it was like murder, mother, kill... Um, get away with murder. It honestly the the so stuff what, that went down. If you was a judge, what would your sentence have been? Well, I've got a few questions I want to ask, and one yeah. of them sort of links onto it. So the first one you've sort of already told me, but we'll just you know double clarify. Do you think they got away with murder? Yes, four years and five was he one? Four and five years. No, they were both four years. I think it was just. I thought you said a year later. The yeah, one was I'm thinking that. Yeah, it must have been. One but either was four way, let's just say it's five. five years for both of you. Yeah. One was definitely four. So they that is getting away with murder. People altogether. people do more time for for cannabis charges and stuff. Where in most countries that's legal now, not most, but a lot of countries that's legal, which shows how fuck the justice system is on a whole. The fact that you can get away with sixteen year olds and even fifteen year old is more than old enough to be accountable for the things you've done, especially when it's so premeditated. Understandably, the their age might have had a factor in the deluded thinking where how they thought that it would be the right thing to do. But e- either way, you've still made that choice. And the thing is as well, we don't... We, we don't know, and we'll never know unless they come out of hiding. But they're no, Well, come out of hiding, they, you know, reveal their identities. We'll never know if they feel any guilt. We'll never feel know if they feel any remorse. Mm. But, I don't know, it's just... It, it's really odd. It's an odd case. And the thing is, when we when I watched... Because I watched The Perfect Sisters. I've watched it a few times now. And I watched it again the other night. And I was like, oh, no, I'm definitely going to do this. And the, the way that the film sympathises with the girls. Mm. Like, even though... Even if it's maybe not specific. Like, they show the mum with a drinking problem. They show a new boyfriend that's very abusive to one of the girls. And it it was like, that. but that wasn't fact. Like... There's no, there's no concrete evidence on what happened there. I think a lot. I think a lot of the time people try and sympathise with children. That they don't believe that children can be that twisted. There must have been something that happened. Well, and yeah. If it was a rough upbringing, then then they're, they're gonna have a lot of anger and stuff. But the thing is, they they didn't do it for release. They did it for money. Well, the judge said something like, "As much as I sympathise with your case, there are a lot of other children in worse situations than yours that don't result yeah. in murder." And that was that. That was the sort of premise around it. It was the idea that, and I agree. I think they got away with murder. Yeah. Do you think they deserved more or less of a sentence than they got? More. Now, bear in mind, it's we'll take out the fact that they only served four or five years of it, so they were given ten years each. 
do you still believe they should have been given more? More. Double that. 20 years. 20 years. And then with... I think because of their age and because of the circumstances that we're living in, give them 20 years like, and be eligible for parole after 15, maybe. Okay. Do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, So she was released. One of them was released when there was 20 and one was released when there was 19. I know that's quite a bit older, but and I, and I know I'm only 23. <laughs> but if I think back to how I thought when I was 19, it's still completely different. Like, yeah. I think that's not... From 16 to, to 20 is not on old enough... Like, that's not a long enough time to determine whether or not someone is fit to to be released from prison because they could still well be in that mindset and they've clearly shown that they can fucking lie and, and manipulate. So I think... They were 20 years old when they got released. They've, they've got the whole life ahead of them. Yeah, I I, I think that's... They, they I, could have a boyfriend now or a girlfriend or a significant know. other that had no idea who I th- they are. I think that's far too short of a sentence. Okay. Just 10 years in, in itself is too short. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, do you think that there should be a difference between a child's sentence and an adult sentence when it comes to first-degree murder? Yes. Uh, what do you class as a child? What age? 16. No. I don't think you should. So what age would you define it? 14, maybe. Okay, and um, Why? I think, I, I think as you as you that those teenage years, you, I think they're the years where you most like learn how to deal with things not going your way. Like those are the age by by the age of fourteen, you know for like obviously it's different for each individual person, but you should know by then. I know right and wrong sounds really like cliche, but your brain. Your brain has time to... Th- and you start to think about your actions. I think 14 and down, you're very raw, like, you're very sensitive and you're very high-tempered, like, you could, Not high-tempered. Yeah, later. Yeah, exactly. Whereas when you get a bit older, there's still times when, when you might, like, lash out or whatever, but, like, you know that your consequences do definitely have actions and you you start to learn. No, your actions definitely do have consequences. <laughs> like, Hang on a minute. And you start to learn, like to think before like, before you do things that i think that's okay i think what what once past 14 like for example say right say um say a kid ran up and th- like a kid a 13 year old kid ran up and threw a rock at your car window and smashed it i think at the time like anywhere from like 13 and below they'd, they'd be like it's funny like don't matter it's only like it's only a car don't matter like we'll get away blah blah, blah. whereas i think all of that you like give or take like if like each person's mind at this point but mm-hmm. i think 14 and upward you realize how that's affecting somebody else like you don't just think about this will be funny to do with my friend you think oh but, like i'm damaging someone's property i'm costing someone else money do you know do you know what i'm yeah. trying to say yeah so i think it's at that age when you should be held accountable do you think there's exceptional circumstances to that so if if we if we followed your rule of law so okay there's a diff there is a difference between an adult sentence and a child sentence what would there be uh, an exception from the age of 14 do you think i think it depends on the case and i feel like it depends like i don't know how premeditated a 13 year old could be or a 14 year old could be like besides it just being a like in the head to think it's the right thing to do what about 10 year olds 
like like a good example would be them James them lads John Venables that, is it Liverpool that happened yeah John Venables and Thompson that little kid. yeah this is why I'm asking James Bulger yeah I feel like the severity of what they did there's something severely wrong in their minds um, but yeah it, I can't answer it it's such a tough question because because they so they were given they were released at eighteen and given a brand new identity, and yeah, the one guy got found out, but the other guy hasn't. I, th- I think I'm not sure. It's it's so hard because you can't you can't lock a kid up that's that old because you you don't think that, or at least we like I tend to not think that they really know what they're doing, like how bad it is what they're doing. But then that doesn't mean they should get away because you're still taking someone else's life and ruined someone, ruined a whole family's worth of lifetime probably. So you've got to be held accountable in some ways. I wish I wish there was. Oh, I suppose you all can't crimes really, don't fit into one box. Yeah, I suppose all you can do is hope because you can't punish a ten year old. You can't put a ten year old twenty five years in prison for something that is done at ten years old. You just hope that. Every single day, it kills them inside. Like as they get older and realize what they did, that it it burns them on the inside and makes them makes them want to cry every day thinking about what they did. Because ultimately, all you've got is you hope that they feel remorse and and hate themselves for what they've done. Because you can't, I suppose you can't lock a twenty a ten year old up for twenty five years. Okay. I th- I think in this case, from what you've told me, the mother sounds she was foreign. She came well, she came from Poland, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, yeah, she was. She was. It foreign. doesn't sound like. She, like there's certain instances right when say if uh, a, a person's murdered they've got a whole family behind them and a whole group of people who want answers who want justice whereas this mother like the dad didn't seem to ask I'm not saying he didn't seem to ask that the mum yeah. died but she, you said they were very isolated so I don't I doubt they have much friends or no, much family didn't. so is it kind of just well no one's really that asked so is that why it got such a light sentence I don't know I think it I think it was to the point as well where, you know, it was very well evidenced that they had asked for help. Like this, it wasn't like the first instant, all right, we're going to kill her. Yeah. It was it was sort of like a, we're at the end of our tether, what else can we do? And, but that, that was what came from it. I was just, so if you said, if we, if we distinguished a child and an adult sentence to the age of 14, what would the child's sentence maximum be? Um... What, from 14 down? Yeah, from 14 and it'd down. And it obviously be in a juvenile prison. Yeah, it won't be prison prison. I think in a juvenile prison, they should have to stay till they, they literally cannot stay in a juvenile prison anymore. They should serve every minute. Yeah, that's 18. Yeah, they should be they should be locked up till they're 18 then, minimum. Okay, well, and then with eligibility dependent on records yeah. transferred to yeah. an adult prison, I'll be released. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say look back on the records and see if they behaved. What, like, I'd imagine there'll be plenty of... Um, Profession, medical professionals both well mainly meant on the mental side to determine what's wrong with a person and then they could either go to an like a uh, like an asylum yeah like unit. a psychiatric unit they could go to full prison if they've just shown aggression and they're not ready to be released yet um or if if it does just seem like they're a bad child and lashed out once or whatever the doctors determine i'd imagine yeah okay that's fair enough um, do you think it's right that they can do anything they want now without having to notify anyone of who they Absolutely are? Absolutely not. I think that's disgusting. So how do you think they get around? We could get around that because they can't reveal their identities. I don't know. I don't think they should be allowed to travel. Definitely not. 
I don't understand why they can just freely travel, like, freely they travel. They can do whatever they want. Yeah, I think that's fucked up. Do you think maybe if there was, like, a stamp or something on a record that sort of states this... I, f- I feel like every job they apply for, they the, the, the employers have a right to know who they are officially. And maybe whether... Maybe the employers should be... So, for example, say you want to go to a different country or apply for a job or, I don't know, apply for a visa somewhere else. They have to know their true identities, but then that company, that country, that whatever is under law, they are not legally allowed to spread that information. So it will still affect their choices without giving them away. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I can understand that. But to a certain extent, that doesn't happen. Like, you've got to look back at John Venables. Like, he was released and within three months, his, his identity had been released. But then there should be a punishment for the... Like, there should be a fine or, or something. Like, someone has to be held accountable. There, are, there, are, there should not be... A, they should not be entitled to the same opportunities no, as someone who's not had a criminal life should have. And I feel like the only way to do that would be to say, I've got a, I've got a criminal record, like, and you need to ring up this number to find out about it. And then the number explains this is strictly confidential under under law. Like, you, you can be prosecuted if this information is leaked. Okay. All right. And then my last one, do you feel any sympathy for the sisters at all? No. Nothing? No. Not in terms of the murder? But like, just in terms of their, I feel I feel bad that they didn't have a great childhood. But then, like, it's, uh, I I hate the people who were like, well, like, you can't be upset by this because millions of others have had worse. Like, people are entitled to be upset. People are entitled to feel sorry for themselves. People are entitled to sulk. Not sulk's a bad word, but people are entitled to think, do you know why me? Like, what have I done? Like, why is this happening to me? So I suppose I do feel a bit of a bit of empathy empathy towards them in that sense but at the same time I think that empathy drops the second they've done what they've done I feel like there's so many others just just run away just r- like run away or do, do you know do, do anything other than commit murder on your mother and let's not forget do, do, a mother worked two jobs like she did she had a she had a bad life and she, yeah she she hit the bottle she, she hit the drink but she still tried to provide for a family all these all these years and she's like, even though they may have not had the best upbringing, they still had a roof over their heads. But obviously, I don't know the in-depth of, like, if, if the mother... Yeah. If the mum beat her or anything. But from the way I, from the way I see it, like, she's done a job. Like, it may not have been the best she could have done, but she's still done a job. She hasn't neglected the kids. They've still, mm. they've still got a home. She's tried. Yeah. She won't work two I, jobs I, but, if she But I also care. understand the kids in the sense in today's... In, well, when did this happen? 2003. So even even back then, like... I it's, think it, 2003. You, you always, especially as a kid, you always compare yourself to what other other kids have got. Um, that's why uniforms so important at school. That's why, like, it's so like it's just, like it's so strict to not be able to dye hair or to wear jewelry because, like, kids think it's, it widens it, the gap. Kids between think, it, yeah, kids like, think yeah. it's to be because I just love pissing you off, but it's not. It's so it the is, kids because we love pissing them off. It's, it's <laughs> the kids whose parents who can't afford Nike Air Max trainers. Their kid doesn't have to go to school in in like a, a five pound pair of, I don't know, Windsor shoes next to someone who's got Air Max trainers on. And do you know what I mean? That, that, and it's so important. You don't think it was a kid, but it's so important. But kids always compare themselves. They always want what someone else has. They always think that the grass is greener on the other side. In this case with the girls, it probably was. But kids are always thinking, like, like, like everyone's guilty for it as a kid. You don't think about what you've got. You think about what someone else has got that you'd love. Someone whose parents might have a bit more money. So I understand the thought process of thinking, we just want our fun. We, why is it fair and everyone else to have? 
God, back then, I don't know, a new like a new bike or a new, do you mm. know what I mean? An, a really big house and fresh cooked meals every night. Like, why? It's our turn. We want that. And they they thought, the, like, the way to do that was to kill the mum, to get the money. That's a really interesting topic, the concept that, you know, how the freedom that American children have is quite... It, it'd be interesting to see the correlation between that and, like... Peer, on peer murders and school shootings and things like that because it is little things like uniform that stop bullying at schools yeah, or prevent it yeah, more because prevent, yeah. no you know a lot of the time schools and I, I certainly know the school I work for does provides a uniform in year seven like it's provided for the students and you know there's help available and financial aid and we've put different things in place so that students can of, of all sorts of backgrounds can afford the which is, uniform which is massively massively important yeah and it it's interesting that because america is not unless i presume it there, there might be in certain schools but america is very largely non-uniform yeah, it's see, it's yeah. casual isn't it yeah. and so it'd be interesting to see because things like school shootings derive from bullying, derive from feeling the odd one out, and it can be something as small as wearing different clothes or wearing cheaper clothes yeah, or not having. Exactly, it all, it all builds up every day, and it it only takes you to be wearing a. Like this isn't me slating, but obviously I've been through school and I've seen it like a Sassinger top as opposed to an Adidas top. That's all it takes, or some Lonsdale trainers. Yeah. Next to some, I'm guilty for it. I've laughed at people's clothing before. Um, as a young child, but then when you get older, you realise that, that that their parents probably working five days a week, like both of them, just to be able to put fucking food on the table, let alone clothes. Yeah, you, you grow you, empathy. You, don't yeah, you, you realise what's important in life, and it's it's definitely not like the, the brand of clothing that you wear. But kids are kids, and kids will always be kids. Kids and, are cruel. And the thing is, the thing is with kids, right? It's not about making someone else feel down. It's about making the people around you laugh. Mm. And if you give someone ammunition to to pick at you. They're gonna do it, and they're not. Do- a lot of them aren't doing it because they want you to feel bad, but they want to feel appreciated by the peers. Yeah, and, and the best way and laughter. With, yeah, you know, joining way- part of the group. Yeah, exactly. Which is why, and when one kid, and this is when it probably lead to mass homicide and mm. shootings, it's because one kid will feel like it's not just them being picked on by one of it. It's not being bullied by a bully. It's being bullied by the person who's got a fucking gang, an audience that loves it, mm. and you feel like you're that you're the reason they laugh, like you're their laughing stock, and that's I'd imagine that's where a lot of the anger and pain comes from, and that that's when they lash out. Yeah, it's an interesting topic. The idea of you know largely in the UK, students of that age want to be wearing their own clothes, and so but well, the students that can afford the good clothes want to wear exactly. their own clothes. The, and they the, the, whine it takes away their identity but actually taking away that identity protects a lot of other students a vast majority there'd be, there'd be a handful of students in every well probably more than a handful in today's day and age that would would cry if they if their school said right well, you don't have to wear a uniform anymore because they know that they're going to stand out like a sore thumb it's an awful thing to think yeah. about but that, that's just how it is and it is it's about who's got the latest thing yeah majority would be like yes I can wear my new trainers or I can wear my new top or my new jacket you did. Do you remember when we had the odd... I mean, I, I don't know if it was the same for you. I don't know whether it's the same for women and men, to be fair. But I remember when it was non-uniform day. And, God, you used to... I, I just remember looking at my wardrobe. And I remember it be, being a 
like a pit of dread. Now we weren't a poor family by any yeah. means. I had nice clothes. I was well it was looked always after. Someone in your friendship group would have a lot better stuff. Than yeah, you would. and you you came decked out in all like it was Playboy Bunny when I was at school. So like I had the ring, I had the bracelet, I had the earrings. You know, I'd really made an effort and I'd really tried hard. And there's always just somebody with that thing better than you. Whereas the parents are better off. That's all. Because you don't yeah. work for your money at that age. And that's something out of your control, and it's, and it's awful. There is, it, it, it is, it is such a sad thing to think about when you get older, because you you know it's out of their control, and you know that the parents might have might just be unlucky in life, and they've, they've done the best. Like, yeah. Have you seen um? Have you seen this is England? Yeah. It's like that. That's one of the opening scenes. Like he's getting bullied about his, his what he's wearing but mm. some of it's his like his dad's clothes that his dad that passed fighting for the country like you never I'm just I'm not saying that's obviously every case no. but you never know the extent and, of to why someone's and kids don't a lot of and I'm not speaking for all because I do know some people some kids who do have a great deal of empathy and you know they, they can put themselves in other people's shoes but the vast majority of stu- students don't learn that until later on mm. in life and so it, it is the idea of it's survival of the fittest for them and survival of who can get the most expensive items. Yeah. And that that's brought on by society as a general rule of thumb, I think. I, I think, I don't mean to sound like a boring, a boring person, but I, I think, I can't refrain from using the C word there, I'm trying. Well done. I don't think that non-uniform day should be a thing. No, we don't, we don't have it. I, like, I remember, do you remember, I think you might have left at this point, but everyone got given notebooks, little tiny laptops. Well, yeah, I remember. And you had them, they came in them big, ugly backpacks. And my bag broke, and my, my not, not my, the one that provided your laptop in. Mm. And it was a good, sturdy made bag that could carry your books and could carry your notebook safely. And my, uh, my over the shoulder bag broke. And instead of buying a new one, I remember Mum and Wayne being like, no, like you've got a bag that there's a good bag there. And I, fuck, I went mental because I knew I'd get the absolute piss taken out of me for wearing that thing to school. And even though like we're in uniform, this just that little tiny accessory of a bag would yeah. would make me stand out. And it, it just goes to show like you give you give them an in, you give kids an inch and they'll take a mile. All, all it takes is a pair of trainers or a bag or anything, yeah. and that's it. You give them ammunition. So to go by on. taking away that option, it it saves the vast majority yeah. of people because you know even even people who are just in in reasonable backgrounds not particularly well off but not definitely not poor they're they're in the same boat because if you're not top dog there's always going to be somebody with something better than you yeah and yeah it's it's odd like it's a cliche to hear from your parents be grateful for what you've got but it's not until you get it's not until you have to earn your own money you realize that you should be grateful for the things you've got because things aren't cheap especially when you're being given phones for christmas and bikes and all this obviously it's not like that Nowadays, it's more no, technology it's you get about given. Your phone or your, your laptop. But you don't. Or... Yeah, you, you just never realise how lucky you are because you don't. You don't see how bad others others have got it. If you get what I'm saying, you don't. You don't focus on. You don't focus on what the person below me's got. You focus on. I say the below is a bad phrase. What the less fortunate person yeah. has. You focus on what the more fortunate person has, and mm. that's what. That's what makes you angry and probably makes you want to spit out the less fortunate to make you feel better. Yeah, it's a vicious circle. It is. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I think that, that's completely off topic. That sums it all. That sums up about a case whose mum was brutally murdered yeah, by that, two kids. That's our final words no, on I that. Th- I think that was fairly uh, that was fairly tied in. We didn't go too off the rails. We no. were just talking about what drives kids to to to, to do things that maybe do, they yeah, shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, well, that's a good one, our next episode is going to be on as above, so below, and that'll come out next Monday. And we hope you've enjoyed listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>